Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode. On the weekends, I am Lee. I am here. I am joined with BJ. BJ, how are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good, Levi. What up? And my good buddy, Spencer. Spencer Pants, how's it going? Hey, everybody. And Spencer, I think you have a uh, a, uh, a guest co-host today, don't you? He has the D with him. I have an old friend of mine here, D, who's uh, elected to join us this podcast after many prior invites. How you doing, Vince? Hello. So D is his real name. Feeling the passion. I've seen the birth certificate. D-E-E. It's very nice. Um, so this is a special episode of Whiskey on the Weekends because this is the weekend, we have mentioned it on multiple podcasts, where three of the four of us are at Con of Thrones. It's being held in Nashville this year. We're recording on a Saturday, which is the second day of Con of Thrones. We've all come back from the convention, uh, pulled together, do a quick whiskey on the weekends, give you an update of how it's going with the con, uh, update DJ, and then try a little whiskey. Cool. So let's start with the whiskey, and then we'll get into how it's going with Con of Thrones and then any other agenda items we have. I want to start, BJ, if it's okay with you. You, you gave us a couple uh, whiskeys yep. to try. I did. So three of us, I, I don't think you have this, but three of us do. I, I don't. So funny enough, I, I sent out, well, sent out the whiskey, sort of, and, uh, but hopefully at some point I might get the single done. So we're starting with a whiskey called Heaven Hill. And Spencer, um, that's the Pepsi bottle. Just, we're classy people here. Going with the Pepsi. Yeah, I filled up a Pepsi bottle and an Aquafina bottle with the two different whiskeys for Spencer. So this is Heaven Hill. Um, it is from the Heaven Hill Distilleries Incorporated in Bardstown, Nelson County, Kentucky. That sounds legit. And some rat now. You know, guys, it's good that we're doing this because we haven't got enough drinking after any conference. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, I know every time I, I spend time with you guys, like when we're all in the same place, you know, it's just the driest time of my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, BJ, I can tell you, the, the, I'm struggling here because the label of this looks like it's gut rock stuff. It looks like <laughs> a label from something from like 1981. Can you show us the label? I'm curious to yep. see. Yeah, I will, but um, and I can also uh, post it to the Mangum Talks Facebook page. Um, it just looks cheap, and I don't know why you picked it. And maybe I'm just judging a book by its cover. BJ, why would you pick this whiskey? Um, so it's one of the things that I knew was in, available in Kentucky. So I actually uh, was in South Carolina not too long ago for a friend's wedding, um, that a friend from grad school, and some of my other grad school friends are living in Kentucky. And I asked for you know, a bunch of things that I know you can get in Kentucky that are harder to find elsewhere. Um, and so this was sort of one of them that was on the less expensive end that I'd never had before. I can't find where I am. And so it was like one of the things that, that I wanted to try. And, you know, it's it sort of, uh, I know it's on the, the lower end of things, but finding a good low end whiskey is always something that's, you know, on the radar. Well, we're happy to be your guinea pigs before you actually try it to let you know whether it's worth exploring. Well, you know, the intent was not to have everyone else try it and not me, but yeah. And you know, all of us are here and you're there. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And that's on me, BJ. I didn't get to send you any. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and well, also on me because I didn't make it out to kind of Thrones, but getting to Nashville from the West Coast is not functional. Yeah, it sucked for us too. We actually drove, which was a dumb idea because it took us 10 hours. Uh, but it has been worth it. I'll tell you a story about the Heaven Hill, though. 
Um, I got it. I take, took it into our hotel room. And then yesterday, um, Levi comes into our hotel room. We're going to have some drinks. And he looks at it, and he goes, I guess that's the well. That's the mm-hmm. well for the weekend. And then he just pours himself some. I don't even know. I think they cut it with, like, Diet Coke or something. <laughs> I'll put a little ice in it. Uh, it smells very chemical. Maybe even a little boot polish kind of smell to it. <laughs> it does, it's not a great smell. Okay. Uh, hand up. I'm wrong. Uh, this is actually good bourbon. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I did too. Today. I love yep. that. That's actually pretty good. That's so. So that's one of the things that I heard about it, and that's one of the reasons that I got it and wanted to uh, bring it on this podcast. Because like, um, I remember the bottle. I want to say it's under twenty. Um, and I've heard that it is very good for the price. See, I just can't get over the way. It seems like something we would clean out from my my grandfather's house who passed away. Mm-hmm. Yep. You, know, you just find it in an attic somewhere. Uh, D, you're actually a well-known expert in the subject matter of particular bourbons. But what do you have to say but, about this one? Well, not bourbons. Uh, scotches. But um, I think we... I thought you were a rum man. This is a... <laughs> that's, that's racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we did kind of nail it. I think for... Uh, for the budget, this is a pretty flavorful, and uh, it's got some character, and it doesn't have the bite that you find with um, your other more uh, widely known, uh, cheaper brands. And what it looks like to me is the first iteration of Jim Beam's, like their rye label, probably from 1981. Yeah. And they were like, no, God, don't don't use that. Nobody will buy it. And then they just threw it to the side, and then these guys were like, we'll take it for free. <laughs> That's what the label looks like. But it's good. It's good for. Uh, for anything under twenty twenty five bucks, it has a lot of a lot of character. Yeah, I agree. BJ, what are you going to be drinking? Um, I'm actually having some of the campfire, and then the second bottle that I'm having is um, going to be a Glen Goyne uh, cast strength. Um, okay. It's a nice unchill filtered that my uh, girlfriend picked up for me when she was hiking in Scotland. Hmm. You have her picking up a lot of your liquor. She is a good girl. She is. Well, so so. Um, once I had this liver, liquor delivered from Kentucky from some friends, I had like three or maybe four bottles, I think. So prob- maybe the next time we get together, I'll have even more whiskey to share, um, along with the uh, Jim Beam uh, different mash bills that we talked about in the past pod um, to, to try out. Um, but since those were on the East Coast, because I got them in South Carolina and I didn't have a checked bag, like I wasn't going to bring them back to California. So I have like five or six bottles of, of whiskey that are sort of sitting um, at my girlfriend's place in North Carolina. And so she was nice enough to bring them out to Yulee on uh, our God's favorite holiday, 4th of July, um, and uh, right around there. And, and uh, I guess get to try it. Yeah, it's very good. Um, all right. Do we want to talk about the... Um, event of the hour, the con of thrones in Nashville, Tennessee that we are at right now. We should. Uh, Spencer, this is the third one of these that you and I have gone to. If you've listened to the GOT Guy Questions podcast, you know that Spencer and I really do enjoy uh, the con of thrones. It's a good time. I think this one's bigger than it has been in the previous two years. Spencer, how are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it quite a bit so far. It's been interesting to see over three years how much it has changed. I mean, even though, even though back in Nashville, the venue is completely different. I think this is probably one of the best venues we've had, probably the best venue we've had so far. In terms of the location, uh, the crowd has been great so far. The first day was a bit light in attendees. The second day has just 
jam-packed. Uh, so many people were in costume. I'm sure the cosplay event tonight is going to be incredible. So, it, yeah, it's been a great time so far. I'm, look, I'm looking forward to see what more comes. I have, too. And, uh, and Dee, you told me that someone in your life you were explaining um, how, what you were going to, and they had no conception of what a con is, right? Right, yeah. So I maybe mean, there was to... a Comic-Con or Dragon any type of convention they didn't really understand. I would venture to bet a lot of people out there don't quite have their head around exactly what this is. So I'll do a quick explanation. So basically it's a, a convention of fans. It's, it fans get together for whatever it is. It could be comic books. It could be whatever. This happens to be Game of Thrones and the Song of Ice and Fire books. And for two to three days, you hole up at a hotel or a conference center or something. And there's a variety of panels. These panels are usually led by experts on that particular subject. And they will talk about you know, different aspects of that culture of, of forgotten Game of Thrones. There's stuff like, you know, uh, was Stannis a good guy or a bad guy? Or who was the best king? Or stuff like that. That's during the day. At night, they usually have fun things. And for the Con of Thrones, it wraps up with an extremely fun event that we're going to tonight, which is the cosplay competition. Um, everybody comes out. They spend all year right, uh, making these uh, costumes for the cos- cosplay competition. People get liquored up. It gets rowdy. It gets fun. I'm enjoying it. Now, for uh, Levi and Dee, this is their first year at the con, and so far at least it seems like you guys have really particularly enjoyed disagreeing with the presenters of each of the panels that you've gone to. That that have been a substantial portion of your enjoyment? <laughs> I wouldn't say that I, I, I seek out uh, the enjoyment of disagreeing. And, and I haven't really disagreed with anybody. Wait, so you're going to disagree with Spencer to say that you're not a contrarian? Yeah, in this case, I am enjoying disagreeing, yes, but uh, for, for the, the con sake, I've actually been really impressed with the the organization, um, how the, the each one of the, the members of the panels, whether it's the, you know, the one or the four-person or five-person panels, um, most of them seem to have some semblance of structure, they've done their homework, they have uh, some kind of guided agenda, and um, and each one of them is slightly different. Some have more uh, participation from the crowd, others are driven by the panels completely and leave some time allotted at the end for it. But what I found is the topics um, of each of the panels are nothing like what, what I would have expected. And I didn't really have any expectations coming in other than uh, seeing you guys and, and being able to nerd out on, on some fantasy topics. But the, uh, yeah, the, the, the topics of the panels have been really interesting. Mm-hmm. Whether I disagree or not is, I think, less important than how um, it's drummed up a lot of conversation that I haven't been able to have. And that's really, the, I think, one of the things that's a credit to them is that there's a lot of times we disagree that's the conclusions all these presenters are reaching, but we're disagreeing to each other afterwards for long discussions as right. we're going through them. They yeah. really broach a lot of interesting discussion. Yeah, absolutely. The discussion and conversations that it creates are, are really making it well worth the time. Now, of course, the one we probably all maybe enjoyed the most and laughed at the most was just looking at Internet pictures, but that was still a lot of fun in terms of memes of Westeros. Yeah, they're called memes. So I've been talking. All right, so let's <laughs> let's get Levi's take, and then we'll tell that story. Yeah, I'm I'm not enjoying the disagreement. I think I think what what both D and I are, are are seeking out is we're going to to panels that have interesting topics. Like let's say we go to a, uh, a uh, panel on honor in Game mm. of Thrones, and and we this is interesting. Um, we may disagree with them and think they fundamentally misunderstand what the concept of honor is, um, but that's just a small thing. You know, it's really just a, a talking point for, for thought and discussion. Um, now, I will say, um, and, and, and BJ, you've not heard this story. The, the other folks have. Um, I'm a little bit surprised of how exclusionary 
uh, <laughs> the people at this con are. We're um, going there. So, so what do you mean exclusionary? So you're gonna find out. D and I are, are wandering over a free hour, so we decide to go to a women in in Westeros panel. Now, <laughs> it's women empowerment in Westeros. Uh, yeah, yeah women empowerment. I mean, that's how it was. Valor Magulus, but we are not men. Um, and I was thinking, you know, this, this story is incredible. And and we'll learn from the we'll get different perspectives. You know, we'll just really just expand expand our horizons. Um, so we go there, um, and and it's um, in a conference room. Uh, they actually have tables there, and uh, we sit one table behind the there's a person in front of us. So we sit on the other end of the table. And we'll sit right beside them. We don't know them. We're assuming people would sort of fill in. Uh, fill in. Um, we go there, and people start sort of coming in. Not too many. I mean, we're thinking maybe. 10, 15, um, and, and they form a circle. Um, the circle does not include us. Um, and after they start talking a little bit, we discover this is a meetup, not a panel. Um, and they are now going to talk about the, their favorite women characters uh, and not include us at all, not make eye contact, not offer to, to let us join in. Um, nothing. I mean, we were basically just two bros. Um, keep in mind, DJ, like, we were within the, among the, like the first like twenty percent of people that had. We were in the first like five or six people that showed up. So we, yeah, and everybody started. fills in. And they filled in, but they slowly created the circle. But the, the funny part is that the open end of the circle was the one directly in front of us, and and so it didn't seem like what was happening was really happening until the last two uh, women showed up. And yeah, it's like the school of fish, and like a yeah. predator comes in, and they all like scatter around, and, and yeah. like, no, 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 we're not there. Exactly, and those last two showed up, and they were guided in by the panel or the the meetup leaders, and they were like, "Here, take these two seats right here, right in front of these guys that we don't want here." And, um, they hurt, you know. I, I, they hurt my feelings. Well, my favorite part too is you guys sent us a text about 20 minutes in saying, uh, "This is a meetup. We messed up, but we feel bad about leaving." We felt we were scared of leaving. So, yeah, both you and I, and we came to an agreement that we can't just immediately leave once we we see things going going terribly because we don't want to be that guy um, or or those guys. Um, and so we waited out a little bit until some some late arrivers come. And by the way, these late arrivers happen to be women. Um, they were they were invited with welcome arms into the circle. They're like, hey, come on, pull a chair up. We we can scoot over. Um, by the way. We may have gotten one eye contact the entire time by any of the, the, the 15 to 20, 20 women there. Um, they didn't want us there, but we took that, that sort of open invitation to those women to join the circle for a, 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 a natural place for us just to get the fuck out of there uh, because it was really just I, – I felt bad about it. I mean, I, I really wanted to, to engage in discussion. You know, both Dee and I were sort of wrecking our brains trying to come up with, like, Topics that we can bring up and, and discuss, but they just didn't want to include us at all. That was probably the worst part. I spent a significant amount of time sitting there in silence, being judged, and thinking to myself, "What are the topics I can come up with that are, you know, pretty inclusive, that are beneficial and proactive and, and productive for this group?" And I came up with a couple, but I could not find the right time, space, or the uh, the courage <laughs> from where we were. But you know, it didn't help that of of um, as far as, as people that are here at the convention go, um, you know, Levi and myself have strong jaws and broad shoulders. I think we kind of fit mm -hmm. the picture of the guys that they would want anywhere <laughs> in their presence. 
<laughs> so Spencer, how do you feel about just being tossed under the bus right there? Well, hold on. Before he answers that question, I'd like, I'd like to put a bow tie on that segment. Uh, this is a new segment we're debuting on Whiskey on the Weekends. It's called When Trolling Goes Wrong. Um, <laughs> good segment. I really enjoyed it. Spencer, go ahead. I don't, I don't get how I was thrown under the bus, honestly. I, I, was just, in that room. I went to a completely different panel realizing that going to that panel was going to be a mistake. I like how you didn't say anything then. Um, no, no, no. I was in a different room receiving texts from them, try, them trying to think of a way to leave politely. Gotcha. Um, so that, that, that sounds like a, a horrible position to be in. Um, I know I've been in some similar uh, things. There are definitely panels at universities that are, you know, how to include women in science and stuff like that, where very often, like, being a dude there, you just get these really weird looks, and it's like, why wouldn't I be here? Like, I'm in science, and, and I want to be inclusive, so, but, but yeah, I, I do not envy you guys. We've been to some good panels and some less than good panels. Lee, what would you say the memes of Westeros was about or like? Okay, so, quite a bit. so typically, and this is something I, I both like and don't like about the cons, and that is that the panels can get very serious. Um, and sometimes it gets away from them a little bit, and they forget that this is just a fantasy world where there's fucking dragons and ice zombies. Um, and they start reading into like broader like social context of the story, which is not at all, I think, what the point of it was. Um, this was not that at all. This was uh, this probably the silliest, um, most fun panel I've ever been to. And basically what they did is they said, okay, season eight had some problems. Uh, Spencer and I argued about that on the GT Gappers podcast. Um, and instead of focusing on those problems, let's see how Twitter reacted. And so they went episode by episode with memes um, from Twitter, some of them I'd seen before, some of them I hadn't. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and, and you know, first off, the, we are in 2019 is peak meme game. Um, we are we are at the height of it right now, and Game of Thrones uh, season eight was a uh, really indicative of that. And there was a lot of really funny ones, but it was also like another communal. Like something I like about these times, I keep saying it, is that it's a communal experience, and mm-hmm. I laughed harder, obviously, um, in the room looking at the memes with the other people than I would. Um, just on my own. And that's that type of, you know, it's better to have comedy uh, uh, in a group. BJ, you and I have covered that on Mangum Life Boy. Um, and we talked a lot about. Yeah. So what was your, totally a play. Yeah. What was your favorite, um, as Dee would say, Mimi? Oh, gosh. Uh, Spencer, Levi, do you have one? Uh, uh, mine is very much mocking the idea that when they first crowning brand, they start with, hail brand the broken. And then just going through how really rude that is and then doubling down on it. Like, hail brand the broken. That's really not polite. Hail brand the busted up. Like, that's really not. Hail brand wheelie wheelie legs no feely. Just keep going on down that way. Uh, Levi? <sighs> I'm wrecking my head um, because that one was, that one was <laughs> one of the better ones. Uh, um, I will say. I just have memories. So, so they were actually pretty nice in handling the season eight. There, um, that's a person who on on, on Reddit I, I follow the the, the free folk uh, subreddit, um, which is a, a fan community for Game of Thrones where they post memes, um, and they're a very cynical bunch. Okay. Um, there are a couple there are a couple of photos um, that they got from from there, but they 
I just have such fond memories of a very, very, um, just very cynical takes from that community, which I really uh, didn't get there. I mean, it was a, it was an upbeat experience, which we certainly get, right? Like, I don't want to go to a convention and just bitch about things. Um, that's a really unfun experience. We're all there to enjoy it. Um, yeah. I think so, and I think that's a theme um, of this con is that yeah people had problems with season eight but that did not sour them on the show or the books or or the lore or any of them they can still enjoy it yeah uh, did, did you have a favorite meme uh, yeah I I didn't very much and every time I do see that meme that where they progressively continue to kind of make the brand the broken uh, more uh, aggressive version <laughs> that one is pretty funny but I I really like the uh, the meme where Daenerys is kind of smiling and squinting kind of aggressively and says, I'd like to speak to your manager. <laughs> that one is phenomenal. Just, they, 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 some person was just, the timing was so great um, when they caught the screenshot of that face and, uh, and it matched up so well with that. Now, there's a lot of those memes going around right now of, uh, let me speak to your manager, but that one's phenomenal. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I liked the I liked the news. That was that was a really good one and I'm really looking forward to the uh to cosplay competition tonight. We also have enjoyed Nashville. We had hot chicken. Spencer, you had round two with hot chicken. I'm gonna give you the floor. Get, get your running sneakers on. I wanna see you take the victory lap. I can't because I, I dialed down the spice this time from hot to medium so I could actually enjoy it. So it, I cheated. I was gonna give it to you. It was delicious. No, I loved it. It was, it was tasty. It was it was a wonderful experience that I actually got to enjoy without hiccuping to the point that I was almost rolling on the ground. So I'm happy with what how yesterday went. This yeah, last was time much we less had, Last time we had the original that was hot chicken, Prince's hot chicken. It was like the first one. I think it was made in like the uh, started in like the 70s. This is like the new like 2000s version of Hattie B's, but it's also really good. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. I thought it was good. I thought the sides were good. Um, I thought it was a, a pleasant experience. And, and it's one of those things, and we talked about it, I think, on the last Wisconsin Weekends, where something gets really, really hyped. A food item gets really, really hyped. Mm-hmm. Thinking, I'm pretty sure this is not going to be worth it. And you have it, you're like, well, fuck. Okay, yeah, I guess it's properly rated. So, so Spencer, um, there was a request for you to bring an item to Nashville. Did oh, that happen? Yeah, do we mean a particular uh, gift of yours? Yes. Hold on a second. <gasps> That's me, asking, guys. I'm I'm yeah, so excited. Sir, or is that a no? Uh, have you seen this yet, Doug? Have you seen it? <laughs> so uh, I gave Spencer a birthday present. I discovered that uh, Snapfish does different. Will print whatever you want on different articles of fabric or anything else. And so I gave Spencer a present um, from one of our past uh, New Year's get-togethers, um, and there was a request for uh, for him to bring it to Nashville. So I was wondering, like, you were going to wear it as a cape, or, you know, if there was going to be, you know, you were going to cosplay as uh I feel like I'd be letting the cosplay down a lot, because people have gone all out this year. Competition is, I don't know if we're going to see the wall walking around the giant cardboard box this year. It seems like the minimum requirements have gone up a bit. Yeah, that's the that's the towel that we talked about. I think on the last whiskey on the weekends, or one of one of them, um, where uh, BJ sent to Spencer as a sort of way to buffer the bottles. I would also like to point out that we have an upcoming whiskey on the weekends. Spencer, you had some unfortunate luck. You sent out the whiskey. Um, want to tell that story? Uh, well, yeah. Um, 
as you all know, we decided to abuse uh, mailing rules by sending whiskey through the mail, through things like UPS and FedEx. Uh, and when you do that, uh, they maintain the right that if they find out what it is, they'll cancel your package and void the insurance that you got because it's against their policy to ship alcohol. Normally, it's not a problem because, you know, we wrap packages and send them without any particular issue. None of us have had any problems with getting where they're supposed to go. I had a change to that recently. For when I sent packages to uh, Levi, BJ, and Lee, it appears that two of them got there okay. BJ, I think you said you had a bit of spillage in the bag that they went in. Oh, I had quite a bit of spillage. Um, they repackaged it, I believe. Um, so, so at least two of the the bottles lost about half their volume. Mm. Uh, the box that they repackaged in was wet, and I believe they cut out the shipping uh, address and uh, uh, zebra stripes or whatever the the UPC that they use, and taped it to a new box to send it. And I think they packed it better for you is my assumption because there was like a, a bunch of like uh air packs in there to like pad it i stuffed those good and i'm not just now concerned about the ups store that i sent these through that apparently a couple of them did not make the trip because for one of them uh the box i got back because i got i got sent back refused delivery they said that lee didn't want it uh, <laughs> was a bag of no, that's true. was a bag of shattered glass they just take a trash bag full of shattered glass and just send it back to me in a different box. Oh man! Uh, with the just void, they just, the only response was, "Sorry, you sent alcohol, so uh, we're not responsible for the handling issues." So, <laughs> uh, it's, 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 it gets it sends out the liquor and it, some guy kicks it and he gets busted. So uh, I hand-delivered Lee the alcohol for the next podcast, which is going to be doing a fun theme of re-gifting, of where several of my coworkers have become very aware about the podcast and want us to test various kinds of liquor that they've not, they bought from me that they've not personally had before to use us as kind of semi-professional guinea pigs. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Where I've sent four different kinds of gifts I've recently received from coworkers that they want us to try. Well, that'll be exciting. Yeah, and hopefully, BJ, you've still got enough left over from whatever handling issues that you'll get to enjoy it, too. Yep, there's at least some in there. It's uh, It was sitting in my sink for a little while to dry out since uh, it leaked again once they repackaged it. Um, so I have a feeling it started being a problem, like, once it got out to California, and they're like, eh, fuck it, whatever. We'll just do, do whatever it takes to get it there because, I mean, Sorry. you know. Yeah, it's like, eh, it's already here. If we send it back, then it'll have to go through and, like, you know, stick up. I mean, can you imagine, like, the other people that are sending through UPS and, like, sniff their package and it's like, why do my socks smell like whiskey? Why smell like grandpa? Okay, guys, anything uh, else we want to talk about with the con before we go to the next whiskey and maybe agenda topic or two? No, just, it's, it's a delight to be back in Nashville. It's a delight to be the con, and I'm happy we got two new people joining us. So, so actually, I do have a, a question. Um, what have <gasps> some of your favorite characters or cosplays, and have, what have they been? Um, you know, are there some like more minor characters? Because I'm sure there are a lot of people that are dressed up as like, you know, the main five to ten characters. Yeah. Going in, I thought there were not going to be as many Dannys this year, given certain uh, resolutions to her plotline. Um, 
But no, they doubled down. There are Dannys everywhere. I think the two most common costumes we've seen are Dan Danny and Sansa. And unlike every other year we've been here, I've not seen a single Cersei, which has been a weird change. Especially the Cersei sitting next to us. I did not see that Cersei. <laughs> there were two. What do you want? Two Cerseis and a Gilly. Um, yeah, if my memory. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that you're right. There wasn't many Cerseis, um, and I, I think it's a sort of hashtag not my queen situation with Danny. I think they can like just black out the last three episodes. She's, she still seems to be as popular as always. I can tell you my favorite I've seen so far. We'll probably see better ones tonight. Um, and then I can tell you the best one I've ever seen at conference. The best one I saw today was um, uh, a girl dressed as Drogon. Um, and she had the helmet on. And at first it kind of looked like a very boring costume because she just had kind of like a tube top on that was black that had some scales on it. And then some pants that also had some scales on it. But then I saw her climb up on the Iron Throne and actually op open her arms up, like put her arms to her side, and she actually had wings. She had put wings within the costume. I thought that yeah. was pretty, pretty oh, sweet. Cool. Pretty awesome. And the best one I've ever seen, Spencer, oh, okay. tell me if I'm off base here, is the first one someone dressed up as one one the giant and walked around still. That's just the most impressive achievement and where that guy was 11 feet tall and still was running around the hall. So that, and running, like moving at a real fast clip. He was so, so skilled at stilts. And with yeah, actually running or just have a long stride? You know, long legs. Yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were moments he was able to bound where both feet were not touching the ground. That kind of speed going Oh, he would long. be uh, disqualified from speed racing. Is what, is what you're saying. Speed walking. Speed, speed walking, yeah. We all watched speed walking. They're all doing it. I assume breaking the rules is part of the rules. Um, that guy was really good, and then he, he was like so like humble brag too, because they were like, you, "Did you have you always been able to wear stilts?" And he's like, uh, "No, I just learned it for this." And like, "How long did it take you?" Oh, about a week. And I was like, "Yeah." He, he, he also had like he, he had like three foot arm extenders too that he was using as well for doing everything. It was an incredibly impressive accomplishment that he put together in that costume. But it was either him or just for the sheer visual. The Night King we saw the first year was the freaking Night King from the show. Remember that costume, Link? Yeah, that was good. But that guy cheated because he actually was a costume artist. Like he was like a professional. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, well, my, my favorite part still about him, though, was that first year we were in the Gaylord Plaza, which was just home to a lot of Midwest tourists that they were not really segregating from the rest of the con attendees. So it was a lot of fun to see, you know, um, you know, very classic of uh, like Midwest tourists with their kids walking around touring with the Night King just strolling along immediately alongside them with them looking really confused and concerned that a demon had walked into their holiday. <laughs> um, uh, Levi, you have a favorite cosplayer so far? Uh, yes, so far, but we've not been to the big event, um, which you guys have hyped up and indicated it's going to be even more special. Uh, I mean, honestly, the favorite cosplayer was the, the guy who was dressed as George R. R. Martin. Uh, it was really he good. Pretty, he looked pretty spot on. That's a pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty solid look. I mean, obviously, he can't go for a lot of looks. Um, he's sort of, he sort of got a narrow focus there. He's like, I'm not going as Danny. He's not Jon Snow. Stop it. Um, but, I mean, usually he's on Sam. He's too old for that. It's not going to work. Um, like, if you're a six-year-old man who's, who's, who's chubby, like, George R. R. Martin, okay. Um, I respect that. I respect his hustle. I respect his game. Um, and, he, and he looks pretty spotty. Yeah, I cool. agree. Um, Steve, how about you? Hmm. So there are uh, also a, a 
really high number of ARIAs. In fact, I think there are more ARIAs than anything else today. Yesterday, a lot of Danny's, one very good ARIA. Today, there are uh, quite a few more. My favorite that I've seen thus far is um, the one you met in the bathroom. That was the ARIA from yesterday. I found her in the gender neutral bathroom. She was um, <laughs> pulling off from her uniform, and I was. Um, you know, By the way, um, this aria was also the one that was at our uh, exclusionary meetup. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, she was at uh, another panel that we were at, um, and she was complaining about her costume being very hot, and no one was behind her, so she was like, "Oh, okay, I can put my cape up there and and get a little airflow." Um, and she sort of looked behind her, and there was a, there was a lady behind her, um, sort of catacorner. Um, and she just announced sort of straight ahead, like, hey, do you mind helping me out here? And threw up her cape. And, and the lady, her face, um, she was just like, I am not. And I don't understand why you're asking me. <laughs> yourself. I didn't, I didn't make that choice. You did. Um, <laughs> she just had, like, the sassiest look on her face. I really loved her for it. It was pretty good. Because that aria was just, I mean, she just came at us. And I, fun. And then later on, she was trying to cool off in, in the gender-neutral bathroom that I was in. <laughs> I was like, this is a men's bathroom that they, they you know, designated as gender-neutral, which, which is great. But um, I didn't really expect it to be used um, as I walked in, and, and it was. And it happened to be our, our best friend from uh, the Mimi. <laughs> from the Mimi. Yeah, from the Mimi. So, uh, but anyway, so my, my favorite cosplay um, that I have seen thus far uh, but that George R. R. Martin was. I think everyone that you guys have pointed out, except for uh, Terry I, I, or Lee, I have not seen yours, the one that you, you mentioned. But um, there was a wildling. There were a couple of really good wildlings out there today. But there was a, a young young woman with uh, her armor. Her like it wasn't chain link. It was all seashells that she had sewn into uh, to make a, a coat of armor. It was pretty pretty phenomenal. Nice. Awesome. All right. Well, all around, I think we can we can highly recommend Con of Thrones. I'm also going to cross post this podcast and um, got questions because we have referenced uh, Con of Thrones so many times on that podcast feed. Let's get to our second whiskey. Sounds good. Um, this is one BJ gave us called Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit Single Barrel. Oh, less than ten. Less than ten. Yeah. We can ask if I want less than you. I'm checking to see what you want less than me. What do you think you are? <laughs> Prone man, he can lives on his own for a while. BJ, I've got a good bit of both of these left. I'm gonna send you both of them just so you can have them as they were your whiskey anyway. No, thank you. Um, you could probably also just well, uh, my girlfriend could pick them up or something like that if you don't want to send them. Send them. So. I think maybe we'll maybe we'll just send them rather than requiring your girlfriend to to curry whiskey for you. Across both the U.S. and, and well, well, and Scotland the other side of it is like she did mention like hanging out with Sarah at some point in the future. So it's not like a hey, can you like go pick up my whiskey from Lee? But well, that is true. And 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 Terry slash Lee, he lives in civilization now, so it's not saying hey, yeah. hey, Bree, you have to drive three hours um, one way and and pick up some whiskey. Yeah, that was really good. Okay, um, I have a quick question. Yeah, fire away. Uh, BJ, have you tried the campfire? Are you on the campfire yet, or is that your next? Oh, so I already tried it. Um, okay. What are your thoughts on the campfire? It, it doesn't taste like a campfire. <laughs> I don't know if that's... 
That's a good. That, that's it's good, good for Spencer. Bad for the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think of the 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 Scotch overtones that it's supposed to have, um, it's it pretends, but like it, it it's not. So um, when when we tried these uh, the couple of whiskeys from High West. Um, it's a good whiskey, um, and it's a it's a blend, and I'm sure there's some scotch in it, and so you know that's fine. But um, I wouldn't get more of it. I think um, I think at the price point, there's so many better scotches and bourbons and Irish whiskeys that you know I I literally bought two bottles of whiskey. So I could get Spencer to drink a bottle of whiskey called Campfire, and I, it did not disappoint. Um, it was still a pretty good whiskey, but but it was literally it was for that joke. Um, and you know, I use a, a decent blendery, and and they have some decent stuff. So you know, I I wasn't going in and and being like, all right, well. I'm going to spend a bunch of money on a pun and or uh, on teasing Spencer, and and it's going to be. Uh, some, what was that the the stuff that you sent out, Spencer? The Kirkland. Oh, the Kirkland or or uh, the St. Augustine was good. Yeah, the St. Augustine was good. No, 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 the the Kirkland or or, uh, or the honey that that Lee sent out. That was good. Oh man, was that painful? Sure. <laughs> that was good. Um, okay, well, I've enjoyed this. Um, let's go to Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit. PJ, this one looks like it might be a higher price point. Uh, yeah, it is a higher price point. Um, that one was um, the friend that I asked to bring me some whiskey. That's one of one of his go-tos. Uh, I think the price point there is closer to like the fifty-dollar uh, point. Okay, I hate saying this because I always like you know the the big like nationally recognized brands. Jim Beam, Wild Turkey, Jack Daniels, they always have like a sort of high-end version. Yeah. Predisposed to hating them. Yep. Because um, I just assume it's bullshit, but this one's actually really good. This is excellent. Yeah, it's, it's extreme. I, I, I mean, I, even just from the first smell, I love the kind of vanilla smell this has, and it is so tasty and smooth. This is really great. Vanilla, that's the first like, hate descriptor that I've gotten out of Spencer. Oh, pretty impressive, Spencer. I'm getting better at this. I got training now. Yeah, we have weeks and weeks of of telling Spencer what things taste like, and him being like, oh, "Okay, so now he knows what things I taste write like." Notes down. <laughs> uh, Levi, what do you think? I agree. Um, extremely smooth, nice taste. Um, I get the sweet notes that Spencer is talking about. Yeah, me too. Um, but it's a really, really smooth whiskey. Um, what is the price point, BJ? I think it's somewhere around fifty. I, so I don't know exactly. I got in that in that general bar box. Yeah, bar I would say somewhere it's between fifty and seventy. Um, okay. So the Heaven Hill, the Wild Turkey, um, and one or two other bottles were like one hundred and twenty-ish. I think. So that's my really guess. Yeah. I'm looking forward to potentially purchasing this if I went to a state that actually has a good liquor selection. Uh, I don't know how available it is out of Kentucky. Well, I'm never going to Kentucky, so I guess I won't get it. <laughs> never going to Kentucky? Derby. I hope not. 
Um, Levi, um, I, I don't know if you're aware, but I have an animal sanctuary in Kentucky that I've been sponsoring that I mentioned um, on previous uh, Wisconsin weekends. Mm-hmm. The Primate Rescue Center. I, I, I did recall. Go there with me? You're not going to go there with me? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to tell this story. So I, did, I, I shouted out on another Wisconsin weekend that um, I was doing a fundraiser for the Primate Rescue Center, which is a, a rescue, obviously a rescue center for primates. It's in Kentucky. It's not a zoo. It's actually a rescue center. Uh, it's it just exists to take care of apes that have been abused by humans. Uh, shout out to it. And I kept bugging Levi to give to it. And I think it really offended him. And finally, I texted him. I said, Levi, did you ever give to the primate center? And he just texted back, I gave $50 to those fucking apes. For listeners that, that listen week over week, I mean, yeah, it's absurd. Give to people, humans. Give to, to, to humans. <clears throat> they're, they're humans that are starving, that live in the streets, that have a lot of trauma in their life or have medical bills. Help these people out, not these fucking apes. Um, but, Terry, you know, I, I love you. I respect you. Um, so I wanted to make a donation in your name um, for that really poor choice you made. But, you know, I... <laughs> <laughs> Well, BJ, I'm really glad that you, uh, you gave us this uh, Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit because I actually would pick this up. This is one I would totally buy. Awesome. Um, and it's funny that you say that, like, higher-end stuff from the major producers. Um, so often I'll look at some, you know, Jim Beam offerings and just be like, hmm, I don't know about this. Like, because most of my experiences Beam are, are you know, essentially well shots or something some poor life choice that i've made and it's like i'm gonna go beam rather than uh some other thing that i've never heard of because i know what bad thing i'm gonna get if i get beam um but but i am actually like quite excited about the uh the mash bill bottles that that i've been talking about for a bit um and and they've been sitting out on in my living room taunting me so um i might have to put them away so i don't like crack them open before uh we get together probably for new year's pull a leak <laughs> yeah remember, remember when you sent out whiskeys and i just drank it before we had a chance <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it, well you know it 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 was va- it, it was kind of planned that you would drink it beforehand because it was a uh, whiskey that i'd brought back from japan um, and I hadn't really planned on sending it out to everybody because I didn't have all that much. And, and um, like, this was when we were just sort of just starting out. And I was like, hey, Lee, like, I know you'll appreciate this. And then I was like, oh, like, you know, if we're going to be doing this on a regular basis, I have enough, like, I'll send out to everybody. And I was like, oh, Lee, do you still have it? And it's like, I drank it. It was good. Wow. <laughs> I think my quote was, I was running low one night. Uh, Dave, what a... What's what uh what do you think of the uh, wild turkey Kentucky spirit? Uh, it's it's very good. It's very smooth. Um, it doesn't have a ton of character, but not everybody likes uh, a lot of action in their on their palate. I'll, I will say what's really nice about this particular selection. This is the first of these that I participated in. But um, having a good lower end whiskey right before a good you know higher mid mid to higher end whiskey. Um, you can see why they're both good more clearly, and um, you can also see why one has a higher price. Um, I've, I've had a few different wild turkeys, and um, BJ, actually, I was looking for this particular bottle, and I bought a different one, and it was not 
least as good as this. <laughs> disappointed. And I just had this bottle just sitting. So um, that became like a mixer, a very expensive mixer. But, yeah. Uh, and it's more expensive than this, and this is far better. And this is what was recommended to me by a, a coworker. So anyway, yeah, I kind of like the being able to have the two kind of worlds back to back and see what they share and, and also why they're different. This is particularly smooth. Nice. So one of the things that we often do and we often talk about is, um, especially like with lower price point, but even higher price point whiskeys is like, how does this compare with your go-to? And so um, most of the go-tos that, that we sort of talked about are like Maker's Mark and Bullet um, and Spencer having complete uh, lack of knowledge on anything goes with like old, um, what was it? Flattens, which it's a go-to, but not like a reasonable one. Not a regular one, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't say that's a go-to. I, I mean, maybe for his salary, I don't know. Yeah. G- give me my, your wealth. for the rest of us mortals. My, 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 my go-to is a McAllen 25, so this, yeah, continue. <laughs> so how would this compare then to your, whatever, what is your go-to? For my, my go-to is actually Vivid Tucker. Um, and Bib and Tucker is a little bit more on the non-traditional side. It's a little more flavorful, mm. more playful on the palate. But as far as would I choose one or the other, um, no, they're different, right? So it would yeah. be a mood thing, but uh, is one, so the question is, like, is it, well, is one definitively better than the other? And I don't, I don't think, they're, they're about at the same price point. And I think they're at the same uh, drinkability, enjoyability with maybe a splash of water or neat. And I... Um, and it just kind of comes down to what am I feeling that day. So that's for something like this, I would put that right next to my go-to. Okay. Yeah. And indeed, like one thing we talked about before is, you know, both of these whiskeys, Bibb Tucker, and then also the Wild Turkey Kentucky Spirit, have a hint of sweetness in it. Um, and I'm interested, BJ, in your thoughts on this because we discussed that there are a contingent of whiskey enthusiasts um, who, as soon as there's a hint of sweetness in it, mm-hmm. get completely turned off. Yeah. Right, it's like for the yeah. masses. It's been muddled down. What's your take? I mean, do you do you share that, or are you okay with? No, that? I, I I really don't share it. Um, so, I guess I I think that that is a um, a character that's that's common in weeded bourbons. That there's a certain sweetness to it, and and, and there are a lot of bourbons that that uh, have a sweetness to them. That's you know, there's some residual sugar or whatever else, and um, I get the concept, and I feel like it might be from uh, a lot of Scotch drinkers that yes. then take that mindset over to drinking bourbon. Yep. Um, and one of the things that I'll that I'll, I should talk about, and and I feel like you know I have a little bit is um, unchill filtered and natural color. Um, and so natural color talks about um, that there's nothing added to the whiskey to make it uh, a certain color. And when whiskeys all look exactly the same color batch after batch, that means that they've taken caramel and put it into the whiskey to make it look that golden brown or, you know, however you want to describe the, the right. color of the liquid. Yep. And so that always adds sweetness to it. And so if you want a nice dark color and um, have that at 40%, it's going to be sweeter because you're adding sugar. Um, And so 
fairly often when I've sent out whiskey and I choose whiskey for myself, I will look for things that say natural color on them. And because they don't have this thing added, mostly because I think that they're more interesting. Um, but I, I don't think having sweetness in the drink itself is something that, that particularly detracts from a whiskey because um, I forgot, like I would say that the pappies that I've tried, the the George T. Stag that I've had, the, you know, the really high-end whiskeys that people like really go after and are, you know, now the unicorn bourbons, they're, they have a sweetness to them. And I like it. I think it's good. And I don't know, I think it's, it's a bit of... Uh, snobbery that comes from a bad place. <laughs> I think you made a really good point with that it's, it's I, and I don't really know the, the truth to it, but I think that there is something to the, there being a, a that sentiment is a holdover from some of the more strict, you know, scotch drinkers. Um, and whiskeys, when it comes to bourbons and American whiskeys, uh, I think you're right. Most of them do have some sweetness to them, especially when compared to any lengthy experiences you might have tasting uh, scotches. So it's definitely more of an uppity perspective. Yeah. And I would say, like, it's also true in Irish whiskeys. Um, one of my favorite Irish whiskeys, uh, Green Spot, I would say has a, a fairly prominent sweet character to it, and, and it's one of my favorites. Um, and yeah, I, I guess I don't know what to, to tell people other than, um, you know, drink more and don't, don't be, don't be just cause just for, just to be snobby. Like I, and I, I feel like, uh, you know, our listeners might not know quite as well, but like I, I'm probably one of the snobbier people in terms of like food and drink and things like that. And, and it's no. just, a, a, <laughs> I acknowledge it. It's part, you know, it's part of who I am, you know, it's fine. I'm just going to accept it. But, but it's sort of one of those things that, that it's another part of the flavor. And so, you know, just because that's uh, an aspect to, to the whole doesn't detract from it. You know, if it tastes good, it tastes good. And if you don't like it, that's fine. But, but to just decide that you don't like it because it has some different character, I feel like it's a mistake. Um, it really reminds me of um, cheese making in the U.S. Because uh, for a really long time, uh, when, when you age cheese, um, and particularly in European cheeses, you'll get this, you'll get little crunchy bits, and it's little bits of calcium deposits. And for a really yep. long time, um, American cheese making was such that they would try and avoid that. And you basically didn't get quite as good cheese because you didn't age it and you didn't have like these uh, calcium deposits forming. And so uh, people, when they'd go to competitions, they'd get points knocked off of their cheese if they had these, the, these calcifications in them. And then when the U.S. started entering competitions in Europe, the ones that had calcifications did really well because that was part of, like, the cheese culture there. And the ones that didn't, they were just like, why doesn't it have this? Like, what have you been doing? Um, and so, again, you know, if... if you know, it's part and parcel to, to what you're making and, and it's still a good product, then, you know, whatever is, is part of that, I think, is, is a reasonable and valid thing to have. 
Yep. <clears throat> well said, BJ. Well said. Is there any other topics we want to get to before we all collect again and descend upon the Music City Convention Center for Crown of Thrones? Um, so there's one topic that I wanted to cover and one uh, recurring theme that I'd like to try and do. Um, and um, the the topic, so the theme, and, and Dee, I'll prepare you for this, is hashtag on brand. Um, which is oh boy, you know, dangerous story. For him. Yep, which is a story from like the past couple of weeks, something relatively recent that is sort of part of um, things that are typical to you or your personality. Um, and uh, the, the the segment that I was going to break, so so I wanted to prepare you for that. Um, the the example that I had on our last episode, which Spencer. Um, didn't deign to show up to was my mom had gotten me some travel chopsticks and I brought them with me to go camping. And so I was sitting in like eating camping food uh, with my travel chopsticks. And I, I think you, you would at least somewhat appreciate that that is something that is very typically something that I would do. Um, and then the uh, topic for discussion that, that I wanted to have for everybody um, and I unfortunately don't have a great example, but, you know, I have one, which is, do you have a possession that's like a favored possession or something that you really like has, has some story behind it or, or something along those lines? And, and I thought this would be an interesting topic, but then I was thinking, like, I don't have a good example of that, of like something that I keep with me a lot. Um, but the best example that I could think of was um, when my grandmother passed away and, and people were like, you know, going through her things and, you know, what people wanted. Um, the only things that, that I really, really wanted were uh, this, these uh, two sets of playing cards. And they were like silver and gold on the edge and, and the silver and gold had like almost completely worn off and they weren't particularly good playing cards, like the bicycle playing cards that had like a good feel. Like they didn't stick together or anything, but they were just really old playing cards. But it's like a memory that I had of my grandmother and my family of us like sitting and playing with cards playing cribbage or, or, or something like that. And it was like one of the few uh, possessions of hers that like actually had um, memory to me as, as opposed to like all of the other things that she had that had like some material worth or were useful in some way. And so, you know, I've had that deck of cards that I essentially don't use anymore for the past like 20, 25 years. Um, and they, it's just sentimental value. And, and, and so it's like one of, one of the things that, that I have that doesn't have like a particular purpose that I do keep with me because, you know, it's something that, that I treasure. Awesome. Awesome. What's your take there, Spencer? Spencer, do we have you? Spencer, you're on mute. Well, I'm on mute, sir. I was talking with Doug. Now I'm back. Uh, <laughs> Two questions are uh, what was my on-brand moment of the last couple of weeks, and yeah, I, and I feel like we'll, we'll we'll come back to that. I just wanted to get Doug in, or sorry, get D in the uh, the break. <laughs> caught up on what, on what yeah, I finally fucked up. Uh, last few weeks. Okay, yeah. 
Uh, in terms of an item, I mean, do you guys remember that I brought my childhood blanket with me when I was, we were back in the dorm? Yeah, I do recall that. Uh, I hope that, that towel can be a, a replacement to that. A childhood blanket still exists, but the towel will be a, new, a useful supplement. Um, I we can feel, make you a, a, a wife a pillow out of that. This is the place where it's, it's how my parents reacted to one of you messing with the blanket. Um, of where I have a childhood blanket that I've had since before I was born. It was made by, made, made by a family friend, and I brought it with me to school because, you know, I stopped aging emotionally by age five, and I had that always with me. <laughs> uh, Joey decided, Joey being Joey, it'd be hilarious for him to hide said blanket just because that's the kind of thing that Joey would do randomly. Um, when my parents found out about that, whenever Joey is mentioned, and it's been like 11 years since this happened, their default will be, oh, he's the fucker that took the blanket, right? <laughs> the nature of their knowledge of Joey now. And I, I remember that, that Joey tried to ingratiate himself with your dad after this happened. Yeah. By, like, asking him about, you know, various things that... It, it was fun for that, too. Because the guys are going to be... And Joey knew, like, two things about Egyptian, about Egyptian mythology and recognized them in some, some of the artifacts that my dad gave. But it was really exciting. And then we were going upstairs to then leave, and but it said, which one was that one? And said, oh, that, that's Joey. He said, oh, then it was the fucker with the blanket, right? Right <laughs> <laughs> away. Right away. It had, you had the moment in the sun, and it was back to the fucker with the blanket. I will say that, <laughs> that while I love the story, um, it, it does undermine your dad's appreciation of me in that context where he's like, oh, Levi, you're so great. I, now I understand that, <laughs> that he holds his... Is Har Harper's this deep resentment of Doug, <laughs> or not of Joey? Uh, Joey. Joey. <laughs> now, and he still said to. He, it, it was it was independent of that too. He already told me you want me to ride with you before he remembered that. After he had the moment with Joey, of where we were all about to drive down to Florida. You guys decided, and we still appreciate this, that I should go spend um, Christmas in Florida with my new girlfriend Bridget. And um, so we worked out a way to drive all the way down there. But BJ, you're shaking your head. What? Yeah, I'm just shaking my head at that. Anyway, go ahead. We'll get an explanation later. Um, but as we were setting out, um, my dad pointed said, said, okay, uh, I got your friends, but uh, which one are you riding with? He said, well, I'm riding with Levi. I said, I very much agree with that decision. I trust Levi more than any of them. And that was just a really interesting moment where my dad just like, okay, with all the friends I want you to put your life in the hands of, Levi's the one I'm most comfortable with. Yeah, and we were all supposed to drive in the same goddamn car, we don't know. Oh my God! So it's about a twelve, fourteen-hour drive from from Charlotte down to uh, Florida, and the the idea was there were four of us going down: uh, me, Spencer, uh, Levi, and Joey, um, and we were going to take turns uh, driving down because we were just going to drive through the night. And um, actually, we went to. Uh, North Carolina football bowl game in Charlotte. And we went to the Michelin Bowl um, with UNC versus uh, West Virginia. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say the Meineke, but that, that Meine- sounds right. Meineke. Anyway, it starts at the AM. It's, it's yeah. an industrial thing. It starts at the AM. Yeah. Uh, and uh, showed up to, to Spencer's house and, and – Again, you know, your your parents are very lovely. You know, prepped some deli sandwiches for us, which was mm-hmm. they did. They packed us a lot. Extremely sweet. 
Um, and um, we get there, and I was like, all right, Spencer, um, you know, I, you know, I assume, you, like, you've talked to your parents, like, they don't mind if I leave the car in their driveway, because I had a rental, and you only get so many miles a day with a rental, and uh, I think driving up and down the coast in, like, a week or something like that would have me over, and and also, you know, we wanted to share uh, the driving. And Spencer's like, oh, um, actually, um, there aren't enough cars at my girlfriend's family, so uh, I'm going to have to drive separately. Yeah, we had, we had to leave a car. Cool? Um, and I was just like, uh... Okay, I, I guess so, Spencer. Like, you know, uh, you know, we we talked about using your car in, in Florida and just dropping you off there. He's like, well, um, that's not going to work out. So, uh, so uh, we just drive with me. Did we take three cars down? We took two. No, no, no we just took two. Um, two. Yeah, it was me and Joey, and uh, you and Levi. Um, that's also where we get the famous cruise control story, which you've gotten a lot of mileage out of. So I think it worked out well for you yeah, in the yeah. end. I, I don't know if it worked out well because I was in the car with Joey for 24 hours, but um, it worked out okay. <laughs> um, and it is is where we got uh, one of my favorite pictures of Levi just going to town on a T-bone um, <laughs> after his, his avowed uh, efficiency vegetarianism at Iron Skillet. So, so, yeah, it was a good trip all in all. It was the perfect trip for 24-year-olds to take. Yes. <laughs> I would not do it that way ever again. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, which, by the way, you mentioned the amount of time that you drive, and it, it really is an amazing testament to the sort of condensing of, of time as you get older. Um, I do recall it was long, but if you, if you asked me the, how much time we spent in the car, it would be like, I don't know, six hours. Yeah, I think, I think it was ten and a half was the total that we finally had. I think it's from Charlotte. At least you guys have gone farther from Chapel Hill. Yeah, I do have a very distinct like sense memory of like driving through the fucking Everglades or whatever in Florida. <laughs> and this place sucks. This place is the most terrible state. Of the Why would anybody want to live here? Why would people choose to live here when they have a lot of other options? There's literally uh, forty nine other options, um, and they're all better. And so territories don't forget them. Yeah, we can forget them. Um, so, so one of the reasons that I remember it so well is I drove down from Baltimore, and so I had like a six-hour uh, drive before I got to North Carolina, and then North Carolina, you know, within North Carolina, and then to Florida. And I just remember having driven. Um, I think I started at like six thirty that morning, um, and. But, and and then handed over the keys to Joey, which I wasn't a hundred percent on, to be honest. Um, at like four four thirty in the morning, after we um, crossed to, into like some other state, maybe it's like once we got to Florida, and I was just like, I am done. You know, it's like four in the morning. Like I just once, once you have Florida, you're only halfway there. You're going down yeah. to South Florida. Yep. Uh, so anyway, so Levi. So this is a very interesting question. Um, 
because I am currently culling through things to move. Um, yeah, because you're moving up to the uh, to Boston. I am moving to Boston, uh, but more importantly, I'm taking two cars. I'm not taking any extended cabs of anything. Um, no U-Hauls, no extra buses. Um, that's a bit of a lie, but basically two cars. Um, so I'm, I, I'm going through all of my worldly possessions and thinking – um, in a very uh, does this bring you joy? Does this bring you joy? Um, <laughs> Mary Conti or Mary whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm asking whether this brings me joy. So I'm going through a lot of things, um, a lot of weird things, to be honest. Um, I've got an amalgamation of <laughs> like things every time, really. Yeah, I mean, I could, I, I told her earlier, I, we have a buddy of these, um, uh, and I found his. Uh, I think it was his um, some award or some sort of plaque he got uh, when he left the military. I found that in my, my stuff. Um, but I ended up texting him. I probably had the wrong number and <laughs> ended up throwing it out uh, because <laughs> it doesn't bring me joy. Um, Text back in 24 hours or this is trash. <laughs> Which, that, by the way, that, that sounds very generous. Um, it was probably 10 minutes. <laughs> This, this plaque that might hold some sentimental value to you, I don't care. You can pick up the dumpster here. Hey, you know what? You gave me it. Um, you didn't care enough about it to keep it. So, um, so to be honest, um, the most sentimental item that I have is the pocket knife that I have uh, that has Papa Bear inscribed to it, which I got at our, our buddy's Dustin's wedding. Um, hmm. because it just has a lot of fun memories of all of you guys <laughs> being, you know, the people that you are and really just being the great people you are. Um, a lot of good times. Oh, a lot of good times. Papa Bear, big softy ahead of the move. I'm just saying. Uh, it, was, it was very sweet. Um, I will say the, the previous, it, it, it's been trash at this point, um, but the previous thing that I had was that at, at one point, Terry, when, when you, myself, and, and Josh left together, we made a print out of you. Uh, we got a, got a photo of you, and then uh, I was about to ask about the, like the dot matrix printing of <laughs> of uh, Lee dot, that was the dot matrix Terry face. Um, I kept that for like three or four years after we we stopped living together. And at some point, in one, one move, my girlfriend was like, "This is extremely creepy. You keep it. <laughs> can't take this with you. Why are you like taping this up in, on a wall like a serial killer?" Um, but it was a really sweet, sweet gift. I mean, we were really sentimental back in the day. Now we're just old and jaded. Yeah, I agree. Um, what do I have? I've got three things. Uh, my a my wedding ring. Obviously, I think you'd be crazy to not say that if you're married. <laughs> uh, but Blink twice if you're. Uh, she's right behind you. <laughs> no. But, not the room. Here's a um, two is I have a pair of golf shoes that my granddad wore the last time he played golf. And three, I have a big concrete statue of a um, army. Is it paratrooper D? Is that yeah? Yeah, it's an air. Yeah, it's an airborne paratrooper. Okay, so some friends of mine got that. I mean, he had just seen it before, that's why I asked him. Um, some friends of mine got that who were in the military. 
and I liked it because um, I've always wondered when guys go in the military and they become like super like all right fit and regimented and disciplined and I have none of those things and I'm always wondering like how will those guys ever respect me like they look at me and they're like fucking not need loose limbed idiot like and you drink all the time like <laughs> how could how could I ever connect with somebody who lives such a different lifestyle and the fact that I was able to do that and that they would think to actually give me a gift um, weirdly enough uh, means a lot to me so I've kept that big ass super heavy concrete soldier around and we just moved again and I remember my movers picking it up and going we're moving this we need this <laughs> you're really, really going to make me lug this thing all the way to Durham and I'm like damn right I am how much do you think wins probably Oh, 75 pounds, 100 pounds. <laughs> I like you got one of mine? Um, so prized possessions, I think they're a little bit different from sentimental possessions. So I think <clears throat> for me, it's not my wedding ring um, at all. Uh, the, the wedding <laughs> ring I got was Terrible uh, answer. a little oversized. Great answer. <laughs> and, um, but it was, a custom, it was a custom ring. It has like, you know, like whiskey barrel in it and, and, and uh, stag, you know, antler. And um, and it was beautifully designed. My wife was very thoughtful with it, but because it's oversized, you have to send it back and you have to pay nearly as much as the ring originally cost to get it resized because you have to take mm-hmm. all the custom pieces out. So it's kind of like, well, I got these silicone rings. This thing works for now. We'll, we'll get to that eventually. Um, Is this an extended uh, explanation of why you take your ring off? No, no, no. I don't wear that ring. No, honey. I, I, I had to take it off that night before I went out with Yeah, I'm, I'm taking my ring off because we're in Nashville. It, it, it's just too big. Like, it's not comfortable to wear. Like, you know, it, it's all right if I slip it off every so often, right? It's going to be the same when it's on. It's, it's, not, it's not cool. Um, no, so, so prize possessions. I, I've been kind of racking my brain over this while you guys have been, been talking. Um, so for me, I think... Um, well, okay, we'll start with sentimental possessions. So, kind of in the same vein as, as yours, BJ's. My my grandmother passed away earlier this year, and um, my mom brought over a box of her couple of things that um, that she wanted me to have. And and one of them is there's these three like Santa Claus figurines that my entire life they were on the mantle. Every Christmas, as soon as Thanksgiving was done, you know the decorations went out, and they were these. And they're kind of like each one of them is a different phase of like. Santa doing like a cartwheel or sitting down and, you know, just a couple of different positions. Um, I, every year of my life, I remember seeing those on the mantle that when I was with my grandparents. So to have those, I was, I didn't think that I would be as um, emotional about getting those, but when I opened the box and I saw those and it was like, this, you know, this is something I've seen every, and now I get to put it on my mantle. So that was, that, that, that yeah. is one of my, my more sentimental possessions. I think along with that is I have, um, I have some sand that I had collected from Omaha Beach. And uh, to me, that's sentimental because, A, it's sentimental for having been able to go to Omaha Beach and kind of see that, um, see the site, study the history prior to, and then look through the history while there, as well as the the cemetery, which is one of the most beautiful um, cemeteries that that I've ever ever seen. And so I I do have... uh, some of that sand that I smuggled back through with the inside of a teddy bear. Customs can be weird. Um, <laughs> Why do you have a um, teddy bear? Just <laughs> the sand in. Would you buy the teddy bear for the purpose? <laughs> 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 did you go sand before? Like, what is it? What kind of animal? 
you go to build a bear, and it's just like, well, just leave enough sand, like enough space for it to get <laughs> shoved up in heart, there. Instead of the little microphone thing, let's replace that with no. Did you um, pull out your knife and like cut open the bear to then put the sand inside it, or did the bear have yeah. a little pouch on it? No, no, no. I cut it open, but it wasn't like an aggressive, angry cutting. Like this is this is a a, a voodoo doll of Levi that I'm cutting. This is just it, a bear it was a surgical. It, it yeah. was a surgical separation of of the nether regions of the stuff exactly. It was near the anus. Go up and. Which would I be mean, another reason. <laughs> I would assume that you would have followed up and like called your 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 cousins or uncles in Colombia and said, "Hey, um, and I would have recommended a submarine. We just saw how that turned out. So let's thank God didn't reach out to them. So submarine. So that kind of I think that kind of takes care of the, the seminal. As far as uh, the prize possessions, sometimes whenever we're watching a movie. My wife, and if something happens, my wife will be like, what would you do? So, like, if, if a house burns down in a movie, which, ha- you know, it happens, she's like, what would you go in and get? I'm like, are you out of the house? Yeah, that's the same thing. Are the dogs? But yeah, not, not, not me and the dogs. Like, um, it's going to sound on brand. <laughs> uh, but there's a, uh, a hunting knife and my rifle. Just two oh, So, um the hunting knife was given to me by my father. It's, it's made by a, a very well-known bladesmith, and um, and it was given to me after I, I graduated this particular school. And it was it's something that I, um, I North Carolina, go do things. Um, Tar Heels? Uh, no, a <laughs> military school. I, I know. Uh, and then, and, and the uh, it was an online course, but but it's still me. <laughs> It wasn't quite accredited yet. Yeah. It was the University of Phoenix uh, Ranger course, yeah. It was the University of College of Maryland College University. I I thought it was uh, Trump University. (laughs) I'm still in debt. So anyway, so um, the the, the rifles, there's one that's mine that I had spent um, um, an insane insane amount of money on having this custom built. Um, a precision rifle. It's you know it has carbon fiber and Kevlar, all sorts of cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's that make it. This is the uh, yeah. This is the Arrow Three. Uh, Kleptomaniac is the name of the rifle. Um, chambered in a 308, 760 by 5.1. Anyway, so um, <laughs> because so for me because that one that one piece of equipment kind of uh, brings together a couple of different hobbies in my life to, to one one piece. But the other thing is. Um, is a rifle, the P64 lever action 3030. That was my grandfather's. Everybody has, you know, a, kind of an iconic American concept is grandpa's 3030, mm-hmm. right? And I have my grandpa's 3030, and uh, and it's a pre-64 Winchester. It's it's you know kind of, um, I mean it's the one it's the type that you would see in the movies, the lever action classic and the westerns and all that good stuff. So I, I would go in and grab those things. None of which would benefit me. If the house did burn down, but that's sentimental <laughs> question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is sentiment, not yeah. not a uh, you know useful in some way or another. You know. Mhm. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Uh, do we want to do on brand and then wrap up? Yeah, I think sounds good. Um, um, I'm I'm going to propose that for the folks who are at Con of Thrones, you do a hashtag on brand for something that's happened while we've been here. <clears throat> All right, now I gotta think of something to do. Well, I'm gonna go first, uh, so I don't steal it from from D. Um, but going to something to troll an event, and then I mean that that, that being just just smashed back in my face. That's super on brand for me, um, because 
Mm. It can be uh, not pleasant people in terms of our our our, <laughs> our motivation uh, to, to doing certain things. Sometimes we do things perhaps ironically or, or perhaps with the not the most ideal of intentions. And you know what? Those, those ladies. Showed you what's up. They really showed us what's up. Did it make it worse for you that they they wouldn't meet your like cold blue eyed stare that you just like to just like I look at somebody and you like bring it up my little like weird stare at people. <laughs> I think it was when he kept licking his lips that was really kind mm. of the mm, <laughs> that was the that sort of moaning that he does. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it's almost like when you think there's a mosquito, but it's just it's way hotter. Didn't you say that the only time someone looked at you was when one of the ones was actually running the meetup that uh, stared at you briefly? She made direct eye contact with me, and I locked back because I thought it was a competition of the sexes, right? So I was going to win that clearly. Um. And I realized that she actually didn't mean to lock eyes on me or someone behind <laughs> Okay, can I, can I propose that that be D's hashtag on brand? That some girl act, accidentally looked at him and he thought, oh, yeah, she's checking me out. And then he realized she was just looking past him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's a, that might be a little too perfect, but, but I like it. Um, all right, I'll go next, and then we can hit Spencer. Um, so we got hot chicken last night, as I talked about. Um, I got more than I knew I could eat. And had the rest for breakfast this morning. That's brilliant. That that is that is kind of perfect. It it very much reminds me of um, when we met up. Uh, my girlfriend and myself met up with uh, Levi and your wife for dinner, and she's like, "Oh yeah, uh, uh, Lee came here and just like got all of the, the food that they offer for lunch, and we're going to be eating it for like the next two days." Yeah, well, I couldn't make the dinner, and I was interested in the menu, so I figured I'd do a little recon for Sarah and then have some hot dogs. Yeah. I mean, you guys don't have a fridge in your hotel room, though, right? Yeah. Okay. It, it was room temp. It's fine. Yeah, it's a myth that you have to put something in the refrigerator every night or it spoils. Especially when you have a lot of spices on it. it. That's, a, that's a natural uh, germ protector. I don't know the term. Yeah, well... <laughs> It's an antimicrobial. That that's actually why hot peppers are hot. It's the the capsaicin prevents like mold growth and so things places that have uh, hot swampy or you know moist environments are going to have really spicy peppers. Yeah, that, that, uh, that's exactly what I was thinking of when I had it this morning. <laughs> I'm surprised that Florida doesn't have mm-hmm. spicier peppers in people that like uh, things like that. And um, <laughs> but I guess far, you know ketchup far, ketchup is about as far as they go. Florida's the worst in the union. Uh, Louisiana, they understand spice. Um, yeah. Just takes hotness and nothing else. It, they just take swamp and, 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 and musk and, yeah. and shitty weather and bad people and put them together and say, eh, best we got. Uh, Spencer, do you have one for you? Uh, I've got two. I've got uh, a con on brand and uh, the other one I thought of previously of just Florida on brand. Uh, con on brand, uh, I think it has to be uh, that uh, for the first time in 10 years, D and I are rooming together again, and that's kind of the most on-brand thing that we can do, given the four years we spent together. Um, <laughs> otherwise, for Florida on brand... Uh, Does I think he still it, cuddle with you? Uh, you know, I fell asleep early, and I don't know what he did when I was asleep, and I'm worried, but I, I can't say for sure. Uh, otherwise, for Florida on brand, I drove... 44 miles to take a two and a half pound rabbit to a rabbit dentist appointment. Uh, I think that, that feels rather on brand for me in terms of the weird shit I get involved in. You know, you could have just gone by 
a field as close to your house and just let it out and say, sorry, we got to put it down. Yeah, I, got, I got in a car wreck. I mean, I, I, I fixed the car, but the rabbit died. There's some good rabbit stew recipes that I've seen recently. All right, we'll send them your way. Jesus, come I, on. I do think we can roast a rabbit. So good. So, yeah, driving the tiny little tiny rabbit to a uh, dentist appointment to have his teeth clipped uh, feels pretty on brand for me. Yeah, that that sounds quite on brand. Um, I think mine, the the best example is uh, that I have from the past like, two weeks. Um, uh, we have a relatively new uh, lab tech uh, in the lab that I work in, and um, she asked me if I had any uh, cooking knife recommendations. And I proceeded to talk to her for about an hour about different, you know. Did you have recommendations? Did, did, did she know that she was, in fact, going to get a, a, a treatise on, on cooking knives? No, she, uh, she stumbled into a, a bad situation. She was thinking casual yeah. conversation. She was thinking, like, hey, I'm going to get, like, 30 seconds, and I'm, I'm out. And then, like, like going, yeah. it's like going to, going to D and being like, I need to buy a gun. <laughs> like, can you give me a recommendation? Yeah, so she's like, oh, you know, do you have any recommendations? Because, you know, somebody else in the lab, um, uh, I think, recommended Henkel as, as a good brand. And I was like, well, um, so so I did talk to her for like an hour. And, and so the upside of it, I'm sure she did not know anything of, of what she was uh, going to get into. But I, I then uh, was like, hey, like I have, you know, these, you know, two fairly well-regarded knives. Like, I'm happy to, to bring them in if you want to try them out. So I feel like she she did get some benefit from the you know about hour-long uh, education on on cooking knives that she got. Um, and I think it's even funnier because it was longer than our conversation about lab stuff that we had previously to try and like work out a a protocol. So. That's my hashtag on brand. Ooh, I got a quick story before we wrap up about BJ and his nine recommendations. Okay. So, uh, I was living in Arlington. Um, I was working in D.C. I was only going to be there a short time. I had a very sort of stripped-down apartment. Um, imagine what, like, BJ's in right now, that sort of thing. Um, and uh, <laughs> and BJ said, hey, man, he, here's a uh, link to Amazon. Here's this knife. It's really nice. He gave me all these specs for it and everything. And I trust BG on these matters. So I said, okay, I got it. This is by far the best cooking knife I had. Um, I moved. And when I moved, um, I had lost some things, and I didn't have a um, can opener. And I just hadn't bothered to go get one. And I got a lot of takeout that time. I was there. Oh, no. And, um, and Sarah, my current wife, came over for maybe our second or third day ever, and I was going to cook something for her. And I realized that I had gotten something in a can, and I didn't have a can opener. This is bad, because it looks like I'm completely not prepared. Who doesn't have a can opener in the house? Mm -hmm. um, and what's worse is that she caught me just jamming BJ's super good knife into the can <laughs> to try to open it. And I had to come clean. Yeah, don't really. Sorry, this is kind of what I do. I, yeah, I just use this knife to open cans. <laughs> Not only was Sarah mortified at this, no, I, I don't understand why she didn't walk, but then BJ, you also had to be, if you were there, you'd be like, oh, that's, this is what it's going toward. I, I spent an hour researching knives for my friend. He, he jams it in a tomato. I mean, you know, as long as, did it accomplish the task that you set to it? 
I got it open. And you got it open. Yeah. So, I mean, hey. And, <laughs> oh, and you're married yeah. now, so you know it's fine. Yeah. Uh, Back to that night. Nice. I, I was going to say, like, it, I, I feel like that that sort of a, a story of our uh, of some of our relationships because I know I've been in uh, Levi's uh, apartment more than quite a number of others, and every so often I'm feeling like, Levi, why? Where's this? And he's just like, what do you mean? I don't need that. And um, at some point, I was just like, hey, Levi, do you have any pepper? He's like, yeah, I've got some ground pepper that's been been up there for a while. I was like, nope, we're going to get you a pepper grinder. This is unacceptable. Yeah, you've also purchased me a uh, um, Victorinex or... Yeah, Victorinex Fibros knife. Victorinex. Yep. yep. Um, very good knife. Um, yeah. But in, in, in very BJ fashion, you ships me. Amazon is really just a boon for BJ and his personality. Um, just ships me a knife. Yep. Side note, I really do need a new set of knives. If you have recommendations, I will happily take them. Why do you need a set of knives? How many knives do you need? All of our knives okay. are knives we picked up at various like flea markets or kept from college. We don't have knives. Yeah, so, so literally we do not have time knives. on this podcast to talk about knives because we could extend it for like more than double the time that we've already been talking. So, um, so we, we will take care of that off the air. I appreciate yeah. it. Anything you say makes me sad. Mm-hmm. That is that yeah. is very much an off the air conversation. <laughs> Spencer, I would just say, um, why don't you move and take two cars? At that point, you you, you really call through and say, Do I, does this bring me joy? And if not, I bigger cars, Levi. Don't be silly. I'll replace it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, Levi, if you had a good car like a Jeep, then you could take like all your stuff. It's fine. I have more space than a, than a Jeep provides. <laughs> They're actually quite small. Hey, anything else you want to touch before we wrap up? No, I think we're set. No, I think that's it. Okay, that has been fun. BJ, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah. Us here at Con of Thrones. We're yeah. going to go back to the Glad con and yeah. finish the last day and a half. Um, we'll probably reference how that goes on the next week in the weekend. Cool. Um, the only thing, the last thing that I have to say is, like, I don't know how you guys drink this late in the day. I don't know. This is, like, you know, what, uh, six hours after I'm used to doing whiskey on the weekend? It's rough. <laughs> True. That's funny. All right. Um, this has been Whiskey on the Weekends. Check out our other pods at mangumreads.com. Uh, or mangumreads. <laughs> mangumtalks.com. Uh, and then we also have Mangum Talks, which is a... Mangum Talks TV, sorry. Uh, fumbling this, uh, the plugs. Uh, Mangum Talks TV with me and Spencer. Right now we're doing HBO's Chernobyl. we got episode one up. Uh, out of one, two, three, four, five. We're doing episode two next week. Uh, that's a lot of fun. And this has been Whiskey on the Weekends. Thank you so much, everybody. See you. Peace.